This is Books of Titans, the podcast dedicated to the influences of influencers. The books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectuals, scientists, and others. We'll talk about what makes these books such classics and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about what makes them so important and influential. Today we're going to cover the book, Mastery, The Keys to Success and Long-Term Fulfillment by George Leonard. Eric is the one who read this book and he can fill us in much more on what this book is on and who recommended it and lots more. So Eric, for this, I turn it over to you. And first and foremost, who recommended this book and why in the world did you choose to read a book about mastery? Terry Laughlin was the one who suggested this book on a pretty impactful episode of the Tim Ferriss Show podcast. Terry was dying of cancer and his episode with Tim Ferriss was was one of the, law, the last uh, interviews he ever gave. And I, I believe Tim did the interview at the hospital, if, if I recall. Yeah, yeah, as I recall, that, that's correct. So Laughlin is known as being the founder of Total Immersion in a, a way to learn how to swim. And he actually taught Tim Ferriss how to swim. Ferriss was scared of the water his whole life. And, and um, Laughlin's uh, way of teaching got, got Tim in the water and, and got him swimming in, in a pretty short amount of time. So here's something I found online about Laughlin's unique system. And again, Laughlin passed away last year, October 20th of, of 2017. So um, uh, sad death, you know, uh, died pretty relatively young. So here's here's about his system. Laughlin's system is designed to teach efficiency in the water through balance, streamline, reducing drag, and conserving energy. His methods have been especially geared towards masters, swimmers, and triathletes, who he argued would reap benefits of getting through their swimming section with a low heart rate. I, I wanted to read that because this ties in very closely with with this book, in in which he said this is one of the books that had the biggest impact on his life. So, and, and actually, and, and just to say a little bit more about the total immersion system, I mean, what what they're trying to do, what what you're trying to do in that system is minimize drag in the water, and and instead of you know, getting a bunch of strokes really quickly and trying to propel yourself forward, it's to try to get as much out of each stroke by learning to position your body more aerodynamically in the water and to be more efficient as a swimmer so that you're actually using fewer strokes, but you're propelling yourself much further with, with each stroke. So that adds up, ends up being very efficient for like triathletes and so on to finish their sections uh, with lower heart rate and all that, because you're giving less effort to swim a longer distance and, and at a faster time, at least at, at uh, longer distance speeds, you're not going to be winning like the 50, 50, 50 freestyle in the Olympics using that method. But um, yeah, it's an interesting, it's something actually I, I want to get more. Uh, I, I want to do a little bit more of it I, personally. I, I uh, As I get a little bit more time to swim in the future, I want to actually apply some of that stuff myself because I've, I've never really been a, a great swimmer. And so I want to, I want to give it a shot. Well, and based on the, the topic of this book, my guess is that that system takes a lot of practice. It, it, it doesn't sound like it's probably the natural way one would behave in the water. So um, probably a lot of practice and 
a lot of deliberate practice. Deliberate practice. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the author of the book is George Leonard. Uh, George Leonard recently passed away as well in 2010. He wrote this book in 1992. So, you know, it's a few years old, but, but still very, very relevant. And Leonard was a professor. He was a writer and editor and was an Aikido uh, master. He's a a fifth degree black belt in, in Aikido, which I found that to be interesting because, uh, this book reminded me a lot of The Art of Learning, and Josh Waitzkin was uh, was also a lot of the lessons that he took and, and wrote about in the book was also from, from a, a particular martial art. And so I found it interesting that both George Leonard and Josh Waitzkin applied a lot of, a lot of what they write in these books from the discipline of, of martial arts. And uh, Josh Waitzkin also with chess, but... Um, yeah, just a interesting comparison there. So before we get any further, just wanted to to remind everyone that we we operate on the value for value model. So if you are getting value out of this podcast, hook us up. We're on uh, Patreon, and uh, we have some different options for for giving levels, and you can give as as little as a dollar a month. You can and, give as much as ten thousand a month if you yeah want some really amazing perks yeah really yeah, amazing which, which we'll have to define if that level yeah. oh man Whew, wow <laughs> so let's get into the uh to the book <laughs> it's too bad you all can't see the video right now because we're on we're, we're recording this of course via via the wonder of skype so i can see video but eric who is rather fair-skinned is now uh, v- various shades of pink uh, due to my use of the proximity effect on the mic, which, uh, you know, connects with the idea of a very high price paid per month. And apparently Eric was a little uncomfortable with that, but uh, we'll go ahead and pass that over and <laughs> we'll get to more about the book itself. So first of all, let's Let's get to the basic idea that this book is getting at. What is mastery and why is what's the benefit of reading this book? All right. Well, the way the way uh, Leonard defines mastery is that is it is the mysterious process during which what is at first difficult becomes progressively easier and more pleasurable mm. through practice. Practice. We talking about practice, practice. man. What, what what not not the game not not the game we talk about practice man practice so this i wonder how very, many people how many listeners are actually going to get that without an explanation yeah, we but, may need to put the clip in on that one um, <laughs> alan iverson everybody all right this book all right so it's called mastery but there's another book called Mastery out there, which is by Robert Greene. So don't get these two confused. You're probably going to actually see more of the Robert Greene version. And it was actually suggested by a lot more people on the Tim Ferriss Show podcast. Uh, Terry Laughlin was the only one that recommended the George Leonard version. So Mastery by Robert Greene, another book, not what we're talking about. We're talking about Mastery by uh, George Leonard. And this one is very short. Um, it is, it's uh, under 200 pages, but the pages are extremely short. I mean, it's like 
two to three paragraphs per per page. So quick read and a good book that contained a lot of hints of what we've seen in other books, uh, such as Outliers, The Art of Learning, The Dip by Seth Godin, Thinking Fast and Slow, Getting Things Done, and The War of Art. So I'll talk about how it relates to, to a few of those books. But um, but yeah, it's basically how how do you how can you master something? How can how can you learn something? And what are the what are the things that get in the way of that? And how can you how can you bypass those things? What are what are things that you need to look out for in in the path to mastery? And very very yeah very very well put together. There it's broken into three parts: the master's journey, the five master keys, and tools for mastery. So basically the path of mastery, it's a path of a patient, dedicated effort without attachment to immediate results. Gotta so, love the process. As Nick Saban would say, it's all about the process, Yeah, right? Yep. It's the process. You got to learn to love the process and focus on the process, not the results. And paradoxically, that's the best way to get the best results. Well, and, and you should probably, you, you probably hear a lot of, of some of the books I mentioned uh, in that, especially outliers with the dedicated uh, ten thousand hour rule, and so we'll get we'll get into some of that. But uh, first, wanted to, to hit on some of the quotes that that stuck out to me. And uh, Jason, one of these quotes, I want to see if you can you can finish it out. So I'll start with that one. A report on the physiological limits of running speed shows that the major factor stopping the improvement of champion runner speed is uh, probably focus on time is setting a record or winning an important medal. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Winning. Yeah. As soon as you start focusing on the outcome on, on time, yeah. that sort of thing, you get in trouble. You can't focus on the outcome. Got to focus on doing things right to get the outcome. But isn't that interesting too? Because uh, when you think about it from the the breaking the four minute mile, uh, like that was such a barrier until Roger Bannister finally did it, and then a bunch of people did it. So it it it, it was like that the the record uh, uh, in 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 another way the record kind of set the limit, and people couldn't until it was done. Then it kind of opened up the floodgates, but. Not before that. So yeah. Now, what's interesting now is in terms of that. I, I think that's actually changed some to some to some degree. I think that was the case for a long time. That the 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 major factor was basically trying to focus on on specific time or whatever. Now, I, I think we're running more up against physiological limitate, like real physiological limitations, and uh, you know. You can not focus all you want on time and focus on process, but at some level, physics says you actually have to be able to, you, you ha you're limited by certain laws, certain parameters. So it'll be interesting to see how much improvement we continue to see uh, from here on out and, and where it goes and, and how long before we start getting more asymptotic and how long before progress effectively stops. I mean, we're already at the point where purportedly there's not been a PED-free uh, participant in the Olympic 100 meter finals since 1980. So we're already really running up against some of that stuff, and that makes a difference. Yeah, and one thing I did think about while reading the, reading this book is is with all the wearable devices we have now, if that is going to help or if that will hinder it all. But I 
I, I tend to think it'll help more uh, just because we're able to measure things better and, and uh, if we're, we're diets are getting better and, and all that's combined, but we'll, we'll have to see. I'm, I'm still curious to see if the, the two hour marathon can be broken. Uh, I think it can. Really? I, I think it can, but I don't think an hour and a half is going to be broken anytime, <laughs> anytime, anytime in the next, uh, you know, a few hundred years. Yeah. But uh, that that's where we're starting to reach other types of limitations. But but I think they'll get to two hours. I, I think that that's probably going to happen within the next decade or so. All right. So here's a few more quotes um, in, in discussing the path of mastery. You'll probably end up learning as much about yourself as about the skill you're pursuing. And isn't that your question is, do you want to know those things about yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the things you learn end up learning about yourself in the quest for mastery is, is painful, <laughs> at least point. in my experience. Yeah. yeah, good point. The essence of boredom is to be found in the obsessive search for novelty. Now, that's a fascinating quote worth a little bit more unpacking. So, Say a little bit more about that one. It's it's brought up in a point of of discussing kind of the monotony of of practice, and it, it may not seem like it's benefiting kind of the daily habits type thing. It, it may not seem like it's having any sort of an impact, but um, but it is. And and if if you try to bypass the daily practice, if you try to bypass that and search for a novel way to 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 attempt or to, to reach a goal, it, it's not going to have the impact as, as doing something on a consistent basis and, and improving and challenging and getting better at it. So it, it was cool for him to talk about that in the sense of, of boredom. The essence of boredom is to be found in the obsessive search for novelty. Here's one that you'll probably uh, uh, identify with very closely, Jason. Many people run not to lose weight, but to loosen the chains of a mechanized culture, not to postpone death, but to save your life or to feel like you're dying. <laughs> right. I mean, not, not to postpone death, but to taste death, to feel like you are dying. Right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read one. This one's a little longer, but I, I think I've actually heard this and it may have been in one of the other uh, books of Titans books, but this, this was excellent. To learn is to change. Education, whether it involves books, body, or behavior, is a process that changes the learner. It doesn't have to end at college, graduation, or at age 40 or 60 or 80. And the best learning of all involves learning how to learn, that is, to change. The lifelong learner is essentially one who has learned to deal with homeostasis simply because he or she is doing it all the time. Thought it was good. Yeah. Learning how to learn. A lot of things we've discussed in other episodes, but uh, put it pretty pretty well on that one. Yeah, yeah, I, I can go with that. And and again, uh, I think that actually ties really well with the art of learning, where again, Waitskin talks about how the most valuable lesson you can learn is how to learn, uh, is the most important thing. So it connects very well there. Yeah. All right, a couple more. We fail to realize that mastery is not about perfection; it's about a process, a journey. The master is the one who stays on the path day after day, year after year. The master is the one who is willing to try and fail and try again for as long as he or she lives. And actually, if I were going to pick a quote out of 
I'm looking at a couple of the ones that you've sent to me. If that would be the one that I would say out of all the ones that I've seen from this book, that's the money quote mm-hmm. here that, that, that gets back to, you know, I was just having a conversation on Twitter today with a, with an NFL player who tweeted out something about how you can't be both great and humble at the same time. And I, I responded back. I shot him a, a, a response saying, ah, only somebody who doesn't really know what humility is would say that mm. greatness requires humility. And we went back and forth a little bit about that, but my case on that is that the only way that you're going to put in the work necessary to become great is to be humble enough to recognize all the places that you need to improve and that you need to get better and uh, all the places where you're limited. We've talked about this on the podcast before. I mean, you can be LeBron James and know for a fact that you're the best basketball player on the planet, but you still are constantly working on your craft every day because you know that you've not reached where you want to get. You know that you're still limited you still have these flaws or weaknesses in your game you still have these areas that you can improve you're still listening to this coach on that and this uh person over here who's got this contribution to make that you can incorporate and all of these things you're still getting better because you're listening and that's where the master again as it says at the end of this quote the master is the one who's willing to try and fail and try again for as long as he or she lives and in so doing that master becomes truly excellent And that failure, the points of failure get much, much further along the line. There's a whole lot more success that that failure has to, that you go through in order to get to the point of failure. And that's when you're truly great. Mm -hmm. But you have to be humble enough to be willing to fail and to fail repeatedly to get there. And that's something that's really hard for people. I mean, if you're a proud person, you don't like to fail. And actually, I mean, none of us like to fail. Nobody likes the feeling of failure, but a proud person is going to shy away from it because it's going to make them look or feel bad. Yeah. Well, and that that's absolutely critical. Yeah. Well, and for me, the, the first part of this quote really stuck out. We fail to realize that mastery is not about perfection. Uh, when I was growing up uh, in, in learning violin, it, it was all about perfection. And so I, the way I learned violin was uh, it was by books. And so... Um, each book would contain 10 songs and I had to learn those to perfection. And then I would perform those at a, as, at a concert. And I got up to like book six or seven. So over an 11 year period, uh, went through six of these books and it was all about perfection. Like you perfected the songs and then you practiced upon that perfection. And so it, it kind of ingrained in my head, this, it's all about the concert. It's all about the event. Like, it's not, it's, the mastery is, is about that perfection. It's not about trying, failing. It was about making it perfect, sound perfectly how it's supposed to sound like, how Bach wrote it or, or Mozart wrote it. And, and I've taken that into a lot of other parts of my, my life, as my, as my wife can attest. And I, I, I tend to kind of look for the big event for things and, and miss the journey part of it which is the second part of that quote. It's about a process. It's a journey and it's it's staying on that path day after day. I tend to just kind of look towards these bigger events instead of the day to day. I I miss out on the day to day and that can apply to a lot of things. Like whether it's my uh, just making sure I'm really spending time with my, my daughters or doing the daily practice type type things. 
but instead of, of thinking like of, of big events coming up in their lives or something like that. So um, that's why this one really stuck, stuck out to me. And it's something I'm, I'm really, I'd really try to, to, to get over and, and not have it be about the profession, but about the process and, and the day to day. Yeah. Yeah. And at the point that you get there, you really truly have a chance to become excellent, to become great at something. Yeah. Which ties into the last quote. Psychologist Abraham Maslow discovered a childlike quality, he called it a second naivete, in people who have met an unusually high degree of their potential. And I think, Jason, you would agree with that one, um, just based on other, uh, other books we've discussed in this, uh, this, uh, this series of books. Yep. So on to... On to the nitty gritty. Some of the deeper things in in the the book. One is the plateau. And so when George Leonard's talking about the path to mastery, there are going to be inevitable times of plateau where where you put in the daily work, you put in the daily practice uh, day after day, year after year, and it doesn't seem like anything's getting better. You're not improving. And a lot of people will stop at that point. And that's not where you want to stop. Uh, it reminded me a lot of, of Seth Godin's The Dip. And George Leonard talked to says everything will contain a plateau. And the important part is to work through that and, and to not stop there. So just good, a good reminder. I mean, kind of an obvious thing, but um, you, you may see a lot of progress at the beginning when, when you start something. Uh, say it's it's a workout routine or something and you start feeling better and, and you start looking better uh but then you hit a plateau you're not moving anywhere you're not looking better you're not feeling better but it's important to get through that because then after that it may take a long time there there will be additional levels of uh of progress as you're on this pursuit of mastery just be aware that modern society is not going to help you out he, he talked a lot about uh of movies and, and our our popular stories that we we tell, and there, there's not many plateaus in those stories. I mean, it, you, it it goes from climax to climax in in movies, especially now. I mean, uh, you you contrast that with with movies from 34 years ago, and they they move a lot slower. And, and now it's like something has to blow up every five five minutes, or just to keep you keep you going. So. Remember that he even talked about TV and how TV provides so many choices and how that that's not necessarily a good thing. I mean, you, you want to limit your choices. Too many choices can be overwhelming, and uh, it, the path to mastery you want to uh, you want to really focus. So just be aware of the excess choices, the the chances for getting involved in, in something outside of what you want to be focusing on. Uh, another thing, this this reminded me a lot of, of, of getting things done book. Uh, set priorities priorities by dividing them into A, B, C priorities. Uh, the A things are the things that you you absolutely need to get done that day, and make sure you start with those and get them done done first, and then going on to B and C. It's kind of the idea of the putting the rock the big rocks in the in the in the jar first before you try to um, get them in after putting in the smaller stuff. He had one uh, section of, about driving as a high art, and it was really <laughs> cool. I mean, you just talked about like 
you know, before you get in the car, just, just walk around the car, look at the tires, like appreciate the car. Uh, once you sit down, like just sit down. I mean, sit, like, feel the back of the back of the seat, the, feel yourself sink into the seat, grab the wheel uh, and be present when you're driving. And, and kind of that idea we've, we've come across a lot in, in a lot of the books, whether it's mindfulness or just being present, like be here now, uh, be, be part of, of what you're doing at, at all times. And, and that can turn something as mundane as driving into a, into a high art. At the end of the book, he talked about the a judo master wanting to be buried in his white belt. And I thought that was cool. But the basic idea here is always, always be a beginner, always, no matter how far you get on the path of mastery, always, always think of it as a beginner. And, and one of the worst things of, uh, that can happen on the, the path of mastery is, is thinking, you know, and, uh, and not being open to, to new ideas or, or to, to see new things. So, um, those are some of the things that really stuck out in the book. Uh, I wanted to tie that in with some of the other books that we've read this year, uh, the, and, and some other ideas as well. So the first is the importance of time. Uh, here's one quote he has on that. But the real juice of life, whether it be sweet or bitter, is to be found not nearly so much in the products of our efforts as in the process of living itself and how it feels to be alive. Another one in systems thinking, and we saw this a lot in, in The Art of Learning, and it's where, especially with ch uh, chess, the way Josh Waitzkin talked about it was the numbers to forget numbers. So you basically, yeah. you, you learn the, the basics of something and the goal is to get that into your unconscious. To, so to get the fundamentals so ingrained that you no longer have to think about them, that they're automatic. And which, which remind, like when you were talking about the, the total immersion at the beginning, that that's gotta be a key part of it. Yeah. Yes. And no. I mean, Tim Ferriss has suggested in, from his experience that the total immersion actually was easy, easier for him to learn to swim that way than any other way that he'd done it. Now to get really good at that method. Yeah. It takes a lot of time and you have to focus on reducing the number of strokes per lap and all that. But the basic principles of fluid dynamics and all that, again, I haven't played around with it. All that are allegedly rather simple, but again, I don't have enough experience on that. Although it is something that I want to, uh, to do experiment with a little bit. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, so, uh, along, along the lines of the, the system thinking, uh, there's a, there's a quote Leonard has in the book, a stage ends when the habitual system has been programmed to the new task and the cognitive and effort systems have withdrawn. So this reminded me a lot of, uh, thinking fast and slow as well, but a stage at so a stage in the, in the process of mastery ends when the habitual system has been programmed to the new task. So basically what we were just talking about of, of something moving from, I've, I've got to think about it every time I do it to the unconscious to where it just happened. You've done it so much, you practice so much that, it, that it's, it's moved there. And then you can, and, and then you can go to that next step of, uh, of the next step of mastery of, of learning the next skill or, or whatever to, to, to get better with the hope that that then moves to the, to the unconscious side of things as well. So a few other uh, similarities to, to some of the other books we've, we've read 
of course, art of learning. Um, the, the things we just talked about with the shift to unconscious and then the, the war of art. There's a lot of talk about resistance in this book. I would say the war of art is more for for creatives, uh, kind of more along the line of, of bird by bird, whereas uh, this book mastery is is more along the lines of, of art of learning. In, in really trying to develop a skill and, and get get great at it, which to me is still applicable to creatives, but maybe a little bit more applicable beyond quote unquote creatives. Yeah, and I think the uh, one of the main differences is the War of Art and Bird by Bird. They get more into the spiritual side of things as well on, of, of the creative side, like you know, opening your opening yourself up for for something to happen through you and for a, a creative force to, to work through you, and not necessarily for you to you know, grit your teeth and try to try to make something happen. So they, they get more into that side of things. Whereas that as this book and the art of learning kind of stays away from, from uh, the more spiritual side of, of creativity. Yeah. Although I would say bird by bird has some of that spiritual sort of spiritual stuff as well. But the one that I would actually say is better than that on that front that we've talked about in this podcast as well. And you can go back and listen to that one. If you're interested is Julia Cameron's the artist way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's of the ones that you've mentioned that have to do with creatives and all that. I would still go back to the artist's way before I'd go back to bird by bird. And I haven't done war of art yet. You finished that long before I have even had a chance to start it. But again, I would go to the artist's way on that. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I'd probably go with the, the War of Art. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what you say after reading the War of Art. Um, and the War of Art was a, a lot shorter, too. It, I mean, it just took a couple of days to for me to get through that one. And so it, it was a lot more pithy than uh, than Julia Cameron's. I, all three of them were, were good, but... Uh, in, in kind of our uh, read this, not not that uh, idea, I, w- I would put the War of Art. Yeah, that's a segment, by the way, everybody, now that we're getting further into this, uh, further up and further in, as we get further up and further in, uh, you're going to see, see that segment from us a, a good bit more. Read this, not that. And this is uh, probably our newest iteration of that. Yeah. And and that leads, that segues well into to my conclusion, because I, I do want to hit hit on uh read this not that of if we if we're narrowing it down to two books mastery and the art of learning i i i really at this point have a hard time deciding which one would be better they they were both really good and what i liked about mastery was that it was a lot shorter you get through it quick it, it just packs a punch i mean it, it's it's very well done the art of learning was just so it, it was so good though and and i loved how it was about chess and martial arts and in, in learning process and, and, you know, this guy was a child prodigy and, and so, yeah, <laughs> so that one is really good art of learning, but mastery, you know, it's, it's older than art of learning, but it's such a short book. I mean, you can get through it really quickly and it, it, it was timeless. It's, it's over 20 years old. Um, but a lot of timeless things in, in here. So, uh, yeah, the, read both of them. Uh, both of them, if you, if you can. Uh, but um, overall, really good book. Really, really helpful in 
in, in understanding the process of, of mastery, the, the high points, the low points, the things to look out for, and, and just incentives too on, on, on how to get through it. So it tied together a lot of ideas I've seen in, in other books and it did it in a very, a very thoughtful way in a, in a interesting way. So I'd recommend the book and, but I'd also recommend the art of learning. And I think the two of those together are, are great books. If, if you're, um, if you're, if you're needing just kind of a push to, 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 to get, to get moving on, on mastering something or, or learning, learning a new skill. Any, any other questions you had on? on no, I, I, I think you've answered everything I was going to ask, you know, compared to the art of learning and uh, particularly the artist's way, those two for me are, were the high points so far in this genre. And I was going to ask where, where would you put it on that? And you basically answered that question. So I think it's good to wrap. So once again, just a reminder, everybody, that uh, we do have a Patreon account set up so you can feel free to to donate $10,000 a month. We're going to go ahead and anchor you to that one, to that price point to get you psychologically in the mind to maybe think about $10,000 a month. And, and and you could even donate 50 cents a month. If Hey, I mean, compared to 10,000 a month, that's a bargain, right? Hey, you scratch our back. We'll continue to uh, podcast. So, uh, if you're not already subscribing, you can also subscribe to this through just about any podcast manager that exists. There are tons of different options out there for that, but also, uh, interact with us via, uh, Twitter or, or, uh, Instagram, all sorts of the, uh, the things that the kids do these days. But, uh, aside from that, we'll go ahead and wrap it here. And, uh, once again, I'm Jason Staples. That's Eric Rostad. And we encourage you to keep reading, keep listening, and keep improving. Go out and master something. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I made this.